Hey there, all you spirits. Tim Price is back. He's going to cover another issue of Adventure Comics featuring the Spectre with me. We have a really good time with this one because, of course, these comics are super, super crazy. But we have a blast covering them, and we'll be back at it just in a minute, right after we take a quick break. And so, an ordinary mortal conquered tragedy and became the greatest champion for the cause of justice. Justice. What is justice without vengeance, Phantom Stranger? Simply a slap on the wrist and an invitation for evil to continue, unabated. What would you have, Spectre? Batman to become like you? Dispensing punishment without mercy? Growing just as dark as the villains he fights? You know the reason for this meeting. Batman's darkest hour is at hand. Soon he will confront the man who took his parents from him. Then the final stroke will be delivered. For vengeance. For the sake of his soul, I hope you're wrong. Batman must uphold justice. Oh no, you should be fine. Okay. Yep, looks like everything's cool. All right. <clears throat> All right. Welcome to another edition of the Bronze Age of Horror Comics. And this is the continuing coverage of the Spectre in Adventure Comics, or Weird Adventure Comics, as uh, we're going to talk about tonight here. And speaking of we, I uh, recruited none other than Tim Price. How are you, my friend? I'm fine, Billy. And yes, I could tell that for a weird adventure, you thought of me. That's great. <laughs> well, I think you actually, you and I talked about the very first uh I think, didn't we? Or was the second one we talked about? It's either the first or the second one in this mm, series. I will admit, I'm not sure. But <laughs> it, was, it was a while ago. It was ago. early. It was definitely <laughs> early. And it was fun. It was fun. Mm -hmm. We had a good yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, what's not to like? You know, Jim Apparel art, Michael Fleischer's, you know, uh, just violent, bloody comic here. What's not to like, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. There's <laughs> a lot to love about these. And they're such a product of their time. Mm -hmm. And as the cover says, still only 20 cents. So... Hey, mm. <laughs> that was a bargain yeah. back in the day. I wish they still were. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have got myself thinking like that. <laughs> Even if it was just the back issues that were still 20 cents only. Oh, please. Oh, be great. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Heaven <laughs> oh, help us all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah. So we're, we're you know, uh, jumping in here with uh, issue number 436. Uh, last uh, issue, uh, I covered uh, 435 with uh, Dr. Ange and... Uh, He's a, a big fan of uh, Aparo as well. He really likes these stories by Fleischer and the art by Aparo. So, you know, again, what's not to like? They're, they're, they're crazy. They're gritty. And in the last uh, issue, there was a very interesting character that popped up. And uh, I think Michael Fleischer may have been having a little fun. Uh, the character's name is Earl Crawford. And he has a striking resemblance to one Clark Kent. Uh, <laughs> and, uh <-huh. laughs> mm -hmm. and uh Lieutenant Corrigan, I think, or at least one of the other cops, but I think it was Corrigan actually referred to him as Clark Kent being a, a, a jokester. And I thought, so what universe does this happen in? Is this Earth One, Earth Two? What Earth <laughs> is this is this currently happening in where you know there's nothing else going on, there's no other heroes? Uh, but there was a Clark Kent uh, mention in 435. So we were both kind of scratching our heads about that. <laughs> That's funny. Mm -hmm. Well, 
let's see. Do I have any thoughts on that? Um, let's see. What do I think about that? Well, this is 1974. Mm-hmm. So well before crisis, all that sort of thing going on. Mm-hmm. Clark Kent in Earth 2 was old Clark Kent, editor of the Daily Star mm-hmm. by this point. And Power Girl, oh, had she debuted yet? Maybe, maybe. Mm. But, you know, Clark Kent might have been just this, uh, being the editor, might have been a figure as well by this point. I mean, he's a you know, famous reporter of a major metropolitan newspaper. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's like celebrity status all by itself, right? I mean, <laughs> well, I mean sure. everybody has everybody has newspaper reporters just on the tip of their tongue. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Well, <laughs> well, I will. I'm I'm joking, but however, it's like when you think about it, there's like columnists who back in the '70s, you knew newspaper columnists' name, and they had like their photos everywhere, and you could get they had books with their pictures on the book jacket and stuff like that. So Clark Kent could be a figure in some circles, you know, if you're, and maybe he has a book out just now, you know, he might have his book about his early time with the daily star. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I could see it happening. Yeah. Anyway, that's really not, that's really, really getting down the weeds on this one character where, where it's more like, this is just, this is a fun homage to bring a Clark Kent like figure in to Lois Lane, this story. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking it was probably just going to be going to be a one off. But uh, our buddy Earl is in this issue as well. And, you know, we'll get to him. He actually works for uh, Newsbeat magazine. He's a, a freelance magazine writer, uh, not uh, quite a, um, a newspaper reporter, but sort of in that same vein. But it does say on the Grand Comics database, he actually has another appearance as well. And it's uh, in Ghosts number 98. In the uh, Doctor 13 uh, backup feature. So that's even crazier. That is really crazy. <laughs> I, I have to assume that Flesher wrote that as well, though. I have to think that he was that the only person who would care about this character is him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you know, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. But yeah, that was uh, some interesting thing about uh, 35 leading into this one, because all these stories, there's. They don't really continue from one to the next with, you know, a a continuing story. But there are a couple of characters. Mm. There was a a female character that was uh, after Jim Corrigan to try to date him. I can't remember her name right now, but she was in probably the first four or five issues. And then uh, now she's gone uh, the way of the dodo bird as well. She's nowhere to be found. I don't think in this issue or the next few at all. She's she's gone. (laughs) Right, Uh, right. But we'd have Earl Earl Crawford, though, uh, for a couple of issues. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, very interesting. But, yeah, like you said, this is, uh, you know, cover date at November, December 1974. On sale date was, you know, somewhere around uh, the end of August 1974. And, of course, we have a cover by one Jim Aparo. And as we uh, are recording this, it was just uh, Jim Aparo's birthday recently. So uh, what about this cover here? I mean, it's Jim Aparo, right? Oh, yeah, it is glorious Spectre Jim Aparo cover. Because the specter is just in the background looming over this whole scene with his scowling face, his cape pulled down, his eyes in shadow, his gaunt white skin and his burning white eyes. It's like, yes, this is Jim Aparo at his finest on the specter. But in the foreground, we have 
a gigantic squid holding three screaming figures in his tentacles and the giant eye bursting out from the water, glaring at them. And there's water dripping from boots and the tentacles and just like, oh, this is scary and terrifying. And there's a cliffside with what looks like an observatory at the top, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And there's so much purple. The octopus is purple and the well, squid, sorry, squid is purple. And the banner for Adventure Comics is a purple banner with the adventure and comics in orange. It's a really stunning cover. And interesting that they call it Adventure Comics when this is definitely more of a horror story. But hey, mm-hmm. that's fine. <laughs> They're going <laughs> to they'll they'll meld these things here and there when it comes to your superheroes. After all, the Spectre started in more fun, <laughs> more fun. <laughs> yeah, he's a fun character to me <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah so yeah this cover i love this cover if i haven't made it clear i love it How, what do you think about billy oh it's fantastic it might be i think it is my favorite cover of the series because not mm. only you know does the specter look fantastic and menacing like you said there's so much detail in the water in this squid that's you know it's mm-hmm. almost like a, a, a kraken type creature here that these three villains are getting a you know, uh, squished by, they're getting like crushed by. And then, like I said, even the detail, the cliff there in the observatory up in the hill, which I can't wait to talk about the observatory, Mm -hmm. by the way, it's just like, uh, (laughs) it's just like, (laughs) it's a blast. But uh, yeah, to me, it's a perfect cover. There's nothing I can look at this cover and say, well, you should have done this different, or there's a little mistake there. It's absolutely perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's a glorious cover. And like all the suckers on the tentacles of the squid, like, Every single one of them is out there. Mm-hmm. So it's such attention to detail. I even did see a cover like this recently on Adventures of the Outsiders drawn by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Oh, wow. Name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and likewise, he had an octopus on that cover and it was in the ocean and they were the octopus was squeezing the outsiders and there were suckers all over that as well. So interesting coincidence that I'm running into this twice within a few months. I like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, anytime you can get any crazy giant monsters or kaiju or whatever you want to call them, uh, that's right up my mm. alley. I, I'm way fine with this. And of course, I love revenge stories as well, where, you know, uh, people get their <laughs> comeuppance. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, 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 all, that's always a good one for me. So uh, the name of this story is interesting. The Gas Men and the Spectre. And I couldn't help but laugh when I read that because... My brain, my brain immediately shunted to uh, the movie Dumb and Dumber, where, uh, you know, uh, Harry and Lloyd are like, you know, we're, we're going to get out of here. We're going to leave town. And those two like uh, mob thugs, uh, a big guy and a woman, I can't remember their names, but they come knocking at the door. Mm. And of course, they're like, oh, no, who are these people? And uh, he looks at I'm trying to think. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lloyd looks at Harry and goes, did you pay the gas bill? And he's like, like, uh oh, it's probably the gas, <laughs> the gas company coming for their money. So they wrote a note that said, dear gas man, you know, sorry, we forgot to pay our bill. We're, we're heading to Aspen, Colorado. And then, of course, the, the, the mob people come back and he goes, gas man, how do they know I have gas? And that's when I read this, the gas man <laughs> and the specter. It made me think of that part of that movie. <laughs> I, I think that is fine. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fine take on that. It's, it is a interesting title mm-hmm. it actually is pretty much 
tells you what you need to know about the story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Very not exactly as ominous. It's not particularly <laughs> ominous. It doesn't sound very spectery in general. So, but I'm, it's fine. It's fine. We'll, mm-hmm. we will, it's, it's something to put on the first page so we can get on to the cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And as usual, we have a script by Michael Fleischer and uh, Russell Carley as the script continuity and Jim Apparel pencils, inks, and letters. And again, what a workhorse. I mean, yeah, it's only, you know, like mm-hmm. a 13-page story, but still, to do pencils, inks, and letters and crank them out like he used to do uh, is just, oh, man, I'm, I'm bowing uh, in supplication to Jim Apparel. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> in fact, it was kind of interesting that on the letters page, they printed a letter from somebody asking if Apparel did the lettering because the writer obviously didn't know, and we don't see credits like that mm-hmm. in comics at this time. They don't credit the letterers at all, which, no. of course, is a crime. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they barely credit the artists. You know, you're lucky. To, it's only because Jim Aparo sneaks in his signature on the opening splash page that you know who drew it. Mm-hmm. But the editor said that, oh, yes, Jim pencils, inks, and letters his own books. And it was great because the letter writer had said i don't see this kind of lettering in any other book besides jim apparel's does he do his own things which is a really observant thing for that writer to ask yeah. about because yeah. i'm not that smart <laughs> nope <laughs> nope yeah that was a that was a good catch by that uh, letter mm-hmm. hack there for sure uh-huh. absolutely but yeah so what about this splash page here the gasman and the specter this it, it's very reminiscent of the cover, except I will point out uh, it shows four men uh, on the splash page here. And I think on the cover there were only three that the uh, uh, the uh, squid was uh, crushing there. But now there's four. But it's kind of the same setup, just a little bit bigger, you know, because the logo's not there. Right. Yeah. Uh, I. It's a really great cover. Uh, cover. Spa- splash page. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the, the I'm not going to care about the fourth figure. It's like, pfft. Maybe he already got eaten on the cover. I don't know. Maybe this is before <laughs> one of them got eaten. That could happen. Or you know, he was put underwater on the cover. It's like, it's all fine. Whatever. Uh, somebody's going to get eaten by a squid is what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone mm-hmm. is going to be squid food. But mm-hmm. the you know, figures look just as terrified. The specter looks just as terrifying as he's looming over this scene. And just the eeriness of that eye of the squid. Ugh. It's just, oh, it's just gross. It's just yeah. gross. Gives you the Vein- creepies. A little veiny there, too. Yeah, fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's yeah. just a, a little quick, you know, uh, synopsis here on the Grand Comics database. It just says uh, Lieutenant Corrigan investigates the deaths of patrons at a local car show by lethal gas, the same kind of gas that was used in World War One. Uh, not realizing that this is a mass killing and part of Operation Green Cloud. Uh, a demonstration to city officials who are being asked to cough up one billion or risk more gorilla attacks, <laughs> which is fantastic. <laughs> I, I love gorillas and I love it even when it's used in that context. But uh, <laughs> I, I do like too when there's, uh, you know, and Fleischer, he was good at this. There were a, quite a few writers in the Bronze Age that I think were fantastic at this, where they do like, you know, a, a lead in here, a, a text piece to kind of like, just set the tone right away for the story here. And there's one at the top of this mm-hmm. one, isn't there? Yes, there is. We have in the world of mortal men. He is Jim Corrigan, hard boiled police detective. But to the vermin of the underworld, he is the specter. 
awesome avenger of evil, an earthbound ghost who punishes evil with a fearsome vengeance from beyond the grave. We dare you to face the blood-chilling saga of the gas men and the specter. <laughs> and the gas men is in orange and the specter is in white, which is kind of funny. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's very, oh. it's really great. Oh, oh, also, we should not forget that at the bottom of the page, we have the sound effect of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't know who's making that the, the squid or the guys. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. We do not have confirmation of who's doing it. <laughs> I would be willing to bet even money it's the guys because that's what I'd be saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the 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 leader, the head guy, we'll we'll get to know him in a, in a minute here. He's uh, right at the top and he's the one that doesn't look like he's in just like, you know, the standard goon uniform. He's got his own separate mm -hmm. uniform because he's important and he's got his mouth agape. So he's probably <laughs> on screaming. You also can tell he's important from those balloon pants that he's wearing. What is mm. that? That's like those pilot pants that have the parts that kind of like push out from your thighs mm -hmm. that can bulge out there. I have no idea why those are there anyway. I don't I don't know anything about pilot pants. I I'm falling down on the job already. But <laughs> it's a look. <laughs> it is definitely a look. Mm, yeah, fashion's not my thing. So uh, anybody that knows me knows <laughs> that and sees how I dress. <laughs> so hey, hey, all with you all the way, brother. But I love how this one starts out. This is like, you know, you think, okay, there's this car show and there's like, you know, a mom and a dad and there's kids all over the place and everybody's having a good time at this car show. And all of a sudden these, these goons in these uniforms with gas masks come in and, and start gassing the place. And you're just thinking to yourself, okay, you know, it, it looks pretty rough, but you know, I'm sure they're just knocked out and they're going to steal something. And that's not what happened. Like I just, I just, that part, this blew me away a little bit. I was not expecting this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is hard to tell exactly how dangerous the gas is. It's not like apparent because the patrons just choke and fall down. Mm -hmm. And it's only later when the we hear about it from the police that they killed everybody. And yeah. it's like, that's terrifying. And mm. it's one of those things that in comics mostly more i think in well not even in horror comics but just in comics in general there's a pretty big big body count in comics i remember reading a story relatively recently from this same era and maybe it's this era that's the problem of batman facing dr phosphorus if you remember mm, that guy yep yeah and one of, heart yeah phosphorus killed everybody at a concert that was hosted in a football stadium. Mm, gosh. So that's thousands of people. Yeah. And phosphorus is a C or D level villain. He's not the Joker, but he killed thousands of people. Mm -hmm. The next day, the uh, rich and famous of Gotham have a charity to raise funds for the families because that's what you do the next day in Gotham when thousands of people die apparently. <laughs> yeah. I just also wonder if like the population and the birth rate in the DC universe is just so big that they can afford all these deaths and not blink an eye. I I that's a I don't know where that's going. 
<laughs> but yeah. it's just it's just bizarre. But let's also talk about this car show for just a little bit more in the setup mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. So we're inside a big coliseum. It has a nice sign. It says the fabulous Orlando. And there's a car there. And mom is a mom and a daughter are there talking to each other. And daughter's saying, I didn't know daddy liked to take pictures of cars, mommy. And mo- mom's <laughs> like, I didn't know he had a camera for today, dear. Says, and but dad is taking a picture and <laughs> next to the car is a model in hot pants shorts <laughs> is smiling in his general direction. <laughs> I, I think we can make an argument either way if dad is actually taking a picture of the car. Because, oh. And Flasher is really kind of pulling a fast one on the reader by <laughs> talking about not being sure that not realizing that dad liked cars that much. And like, I didn't know he had a camera. It's like, but there's this model standing there. It's like, uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, do you, do you agree? Is Flasher uh, pulling a fast one on us? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Because to me, it looks like the camera. Yeah. is facing the woman, not the car. (laughs) (laughs) But man, this next scene though is what about this? Like, this is great. That's a great scene. I love that little wink and a nod there. And then the little girl says, Hey mm -hmm. daddy, why don't you take some pictures of those funny looking men? And he's like, huh? And the wife, land sakes, I know clothing styles have gotten pretty bizarre, but those outfits are. And then boom, the gas guns are out and they start gassing this family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what about that third panel there on the bottom of page two? Like I, I that, oh man. Yeah. Well, little clarification that I took from this is that the there's a woman in a pink, I'm oh, sorry, a purple hat and coat. Mm-hmm. That's not the wife. That's another older couple. Oh, yeah. The wife has a green coat on. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So there's another older couple standing nearby. And you can see her husband standing next to him, next to her, sorry, in panel three. And they both like grab their chest and their throats and say, ah, and they fall over. As the dad in the background with the camera looks on in a pair shocked face. Mm-hmm. And then panel four. The little girl, oh my gosh, the little girl's like, mommy, I can't breathe. And the, and then the dad is in the foreground. He's like, yeah. And, oh, it's pretty harsh. <laughs> yeah, it's nasty. It's isn't more it? than, yeah. Yeah, it's nasty. And then the next page is just the whole place is filled with the gas. And you can see there's a, a cop there, and he's saying gasp. And, you know, by the third panel on the third page there, everybody's you know, on the floor and again, I'm thinking, okay, maybe they're just knocked out. And apparently there's this great thing where, you know, there were all these really bright lights at this car show. And you can mm-hmm. like, barely see some of them shining through this heavy green mist. But one of the guys, again, he's doing a parallel face too. And he looks pretty dead on the uh, the bottom left-hand corner of that third panel there. Yes, I agree. When looking at him, he's got his eyes wide open mm-hmm. as he's lying on the floor. So... Oh, yeah, this is very unsettling. But still, it's not confirmed yet that they're actually dead. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's an interesting thing where it's not. What am I thinking of? It's. It's graphic, but not gory sort of thing. Mm-hmm. If you get yeah. that, if you know, so it's not a gory sort of thing, you know, just like people's heads chopped off and blood splattered everywhere or anything like that, um, which apparel can do. And he'll do very subtly. He'll do those sort of things, but he'll imply them off camera. 
Um, yeah, he'll he'll do that later in this issue. Don't worry. We're, we're... Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. But here it's like, here's like we just have the the body positions. It's like, yeah, those don't look right. No, they're, they're like all like contorted and stuff. It looks it looks really nasty. There's one hand right in the front of the third panel where the fingers are just clenching with the hand that was still kind of out away from this gentleman's neck. It's like, oh. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's just like, that's not right. And then, uh, meanwhile, only a few blocks away in the editorial offices of Newsbeat Magazine, uh, we get the, the editor-in-chief here, the, the, the Perry White of Newsbeat Magazine. He says, what? You mean you actually want me to print this? And our uh, Clark Kent, a.k.a. Earl Crawford <laughs> character, says, uh, of course I expect you to print it. Every word of it's true. I saw him with my own two eyes. And this is coming off of, you know, the last issue where, this uh, Earl Crawford guy, he actually, you know, saw the specter. So he, he was like, he's convinced this specter is uh, who's going around the city and killing these hoods because it seems like, you know, there's probably a lot of crime there. But almost on a weekly or even daily basis, there are hoods that mm -hmm. get killed in a mysterious manner. And he's uh, kind of sussed it out, at least in his own mind, that it's this specter. And of course, the the chief here is like dude get out of here like you're you're losing you're you're losing it you're losing it pal <laughs> it is a very funny scene in a in a universe where we do have superheroes all over the place mm -hmm. um and they're more or less accepted to immediately kind of discount something like that it's like we nowadays we'd be they, uh, the writers would be knowing that we can't quite, we can't quite justify this. The, of course, they're they're used to these things being in part uh, everyday part. There's any number of ways it could happen, you mm -hmm. know, with all the aliens and science experiments and magical things and uh, in residence. Like there's a sorcerer supreme just down the block. So <laughs> of course this could be happening, and not just like discounted. Like this is so dismissive in with the world that you live in. Hmm. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. You want to have this. You want to have this serious thing, but you're just gonna, you know, print on the next page about how the Flash, uh, went and foiled a bank robbery. It's like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Editor Bob here, he basically says, like, you know, dude, get out of here. I'm not writing this crap because nobody will believe it. And I do find it interesting. Then uh, a woman comes in, and I don't know if she works at the desk or whatever, and she says, "Excuse me for interrupting, Bob, but something hot just came in over the wire." some sort of massacre over at the auto show. And she has this, you know, her mouth is agape like, mm -hmm. and, and Bob, he points at Earl and says, hear that Crawford, a massacre. Now get over to the Coliseum and bring me a story. I can print instead of some blasted ghost story. So he's like, you know, forget the ghost story, go to the massacre. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Massacre It's going to sell papers. It's like, Oh my gosh. This guy's yeah. <laughs> now. Yeah. Two things on these bottom panels. One, that is totally Lois Lane in mm -hmm. the lower left corner. And, this side shot of Earl. Oh, this is totally channeling Clark Kent. Mm -hmm. it, it is such a Clark Kent face. Uh, I love it. I just love it. I'm just waiting for the uh, editor there to say like, and don't call me chief. <laughs> yeah, he does. And he looks, Bob is a, you know, in that shot could even be Perry White almost <laughs> that last panel. But yeah, then uh, presently we see uh, Lieutenant Corrigan. He's already, over at the Coliseum dealing with this. And this is where we hear, uh, you know, that all the people inside this building, every one of them are dead. And it's crazy to think about that. But, mm -hmm. you know, they do talk about a, a certain gas. And 
uh, one of the other cops says, looks to us like it might have been phosgene. Krauts used the stuff during the First World War. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Corgan's there, and Corgan says, oh, great. Now the loonies are into chemical warfare. And there's somebody's just <laughs> random hand there below that word bubble, a dead person's hand. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. And well, that's one of the funny things with Jim Aparo is that we might have talked about this before. We think of him so much as a superhero artist when really his bread and butter for a long time was horror. And Mm -hmm. yeah, doing things with a massive body count like this. Oh, it's right in his wheelhouse. He is. He delivers these things in a very chilling fashion. But again, without being overly <sighs> graphics still not the right word but uh you know um exploitive yeah he doesn't no. do that with it right right no nope, not it, at all it's it's not overdoing it he, uh, or going solely for shock value it's it, like he presents it to you in a way that's unsettling but doesn't feel demeaning or anything yeah and they're doing their investigation here and they they can't find what the motive was here because absolutely nothing was stolen and uh, we do mm-hmm. see a bunch of uh, uh, bodies with, you know, uh, the, the the white sheets over them, too, which is a little unsettling. And then all of a sudden you hear right. from off panel, uh, Lieutenant Corrigan, and it's Earl Crawford. What on earth happened down here? And he goes, uh, Corrigan says, oh, just a routine mass murder, Crawford. 50 or 60 people dead. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Corrigan. Like, <laughs> Hardly worth the saturation press coverage. You ghouls from the media will undoubtedly devote to it. And Crawford <laughs> says, does anybody know who did this horrible thing? But I thought, wow, Corrigan's really uh, throwing some uh, some uh, body blows here at uh, Crawford and the yeah. media in general. I'm like, wow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, and here's Corrigan, who has been active as the specter since World War II and knows probably more than a little bit about chemical warfare and gas attacks from... Mm-hmm war times so it's like eh. but also yeah this also feels like yeah this is hard-edged detective but also maybe a little desensitized sort of specter influence where it's like yeah a lot of people dead that happens Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah just not quite connecting with humanity there if they're doing little, if that's, if that, I don't know if that's intentional or not, but it knowing we know more about the specter from modern takes on him. I can read that back into this kind of easily, but it's like, man, he is really just not happy with the press at all. He is <laughs> calling him a ghoul. It's like 60 people have died. I think that's worth coverage. <laughs> yeah. And, think, and him of all people, I think people, people have a right to be a upset ghoul? about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, and I'm thinking, where do you get off calling the press a bunch of ghouls, dude? You're like, you know, using scissors to cut people in half. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, but those those people were asking for it. The mm-hmm. the people that he does, you know, oh, yeah. they got they got it coming. But that's he, that's he, thing, vengeance, vengeance. He does he does say to Crawford, you know, we don't have any. Uh, leads yet but don't worry we will and uh, these people always want to step forward to a cl- to uh, eventually claim credit for their work and uh, speaking of uh, those who are going to take credit for this we see uh, there is an old uh, Colonel Clinkish <laughs> kind of uh, <laughs> character here who's uh, his name is Field Marshal Offal 
And uh, I don't know if that was a joke, meaning like awful. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's a, mm-hmm. a big, a big guy. And of course, you know, of course, he's bald. Thanks a lot for, you know, the stereotyping, uh, Jim Apparel. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. And, and yep, you know, it was a different time. <laughs> yeah, and it, uh, this is my, my one of my favorite caption boxes of the whole thing. Indeed, at that very moment inside an abandoned astronomical observatory high atop a grassy cliff. Why are there not any things like that where I live? Like, why can't I just go squat? <laughs> yeah, just go take over an abandoned observatory. Where are those? There's one. There's like five in walking distance from my house. I mean, what's the problem? <laughs> I'm moving. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, I can't go to work without passing like six or seven of those and, you know, mm-hmm. um, eight abandoned toy warehouses you know and <laughs> you'll be calling me neighbors, card sir. playing <laughs> and, and and playing card factories it, uh, they're all over the place i don't know what your problem is mm-hmm. maybe you're just not paying attention that's all i have to say Billy. <laughs> I, you, I you need... paid open your eyes a little bit i mean there's a big world out there i need to move <laughs> well well mr mr field marshal awful says well commandos are you ready to undergo your debriefing on operation green cloud and the one goon says Sure thing, boss. It went like clockwork. And he goes, pig, have you forgotten how to address your commanding officer? The operation was completed with precision, sir. And the goon says, yes, sir. That's what I meant to say, sir. <laughs> so he, he's trying to whip these goons into shape here, which is hilarious. <laughs> and of course, oh, he yeah. yeah, these are just like, oh, yeah, of course, of course, with a cigarette holder, the big old. See, what that does he? Let me see. No, just uh, he just has a regular cigarette. No, just cigarette, just cigarette. Oh yeah. He's no, he totally though should have a he should have the penguin cigarette holder at the end of that thing, though. He really <laughs> he, should. And he has a monocle. But, too. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I will I will allow it. I will allow it. Well, and this is also kind of like putting a pin on it that you know, this guy is supposed to be a caricature. He's supposed to be, you know, mm-hmm. really this bad and uh, and he we're playing into the stereotype partly because it's the time and partly because this is just how awful this kind of person is. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's fine. It's a shorthand for us to understand what we're dealing with here. So mm-hmm. that's okay. Uh, I don't, he's, he's unlikable as he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Mission accomplished. Yep. Bald. He has a monocle and he smokes. So we know he's, yep. he's, he's the bad guy here, but he says that's better. Were the enemy forces completely defeated? And the one goon says, enemy forces? They was just... And another guy elbows him and says, uh, yes, Field Marshal, the uh, enemy encampment was wiped out, sir. So this guy's still uh, living in the past of being in the midst of a war mm-hmm. here when he's really not. So he's got some, like, really nasty, like, PTSD or something. Right. Well, and a guy like this who's wearing his full dress uniform complete with medals mm-hmm. in his abandoned observatory... <laughs> with his three thugs that he no doubt just recruited off the street and insists upon playing play acting that he's still in the military. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, yeah. We're we're supposed to know that yeah, this is a guy is an awful German from from the war who mm-hmm. just didn't get who didn't get, you know, caught and rounded up. So okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mission he's accomplished a, again. <laughs> and he says to the goons, that's good. Very good. And did you encounter any hostile action? And the one goon says, uh, no, sir, not really. A couple of uniformed security guards, but they was just a couple of old gawkers, sir. 
<laughs> oh, I love it. He says, good. You have all performed superbly. Now it is time to initiate phase two. And then we hop over to, uh, you know, uh, the mayor's office. And there's, a you know, the mayor. And I'm imagining, you know, the commissioner, the police commissioner and everybody there kind of talk about, like, hey, like, how are we going to, you know, take these guys out? Because I guess at that point they do, you know, but. I don't know if they sent a tele singing telegram or something to the mayor, but they said they want a, a billion dollars or uh, mm-hmm. more more of our guerrilla tactics are going to uh, happen and and people are going to die. So obviously they killed that whole, you know, uh, coliseum, as they called it, uh, full of people. Uh, they're not they're not screwing around. So obviously the mayor's mm-hmm. got to take this really seriously. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and nowadays we would just call this terrorism. That's pretty much it hits a little too close to home nowadays in that kind mm-hmm. of point it's like yeah this yeah. speech is terrorism out- outright um mm-hmm. they just don't they just, we're not using that word at this time but yeah guerrilla actions and everything and they want a billion dollars like this is 1974 a billion dollars mm-hmm. back then is a ridiculous amount of money for a single city to have access to yeah i i, I don't think that's normal <laughs> no, I was getting the uh, Austin Powers flashbacks there. I want a million dollars. That's not enough. One billion dollars. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a lot of money. For 1974, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's huge. Oh, my gosh. And, and you know, split four ways. So <laughs> oh, that that one's not so big. Oh, they only get 250 million each. Oh, is that all? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just and 250 cor- million. Cor- Corrigan's at this meeting too and he's just like no way don't give in to them and the mayor's like hey listen I, I know how you feel but I-, I can't see more people die we're just going to give them the money and <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Mayor and this is Corrigan at least let me be the del- me deliver the money maybe I can find some way to nail them and the mayor says alright lieutenant I'll go that far but be careful for God's sake man be careful a lot of people's lives are at stake and uh, yeah Corrigan who has a really nice car by the way I don't think that's a police car Looks like some kind of sports car. He drives <laughs> tri- out in the middle of a remote wooded area and says, he says, well, I'm uh, here on time, but it looks like there's nobody there really at first, but uh, here comes a chopper. So somehow they have a chopper as well. Right. They do. And they show Corrigan's hair moving in the wind from the chopper. So that's pretty nice. I like that little touch there, acknowledging that mm-hmm. that would happen. And. But yeah, mm-hmm. Corrigan's car also, I just got to say, yeah, it's a pretty sweet ride. I'm really <laughs> surprised that he even, I think he probably borrowed it. I think he had to borrow it from somebody. I don't really mm-hmm. think that he even cares about having a car. He, he, no. he lives in New York and he's the specter. What does he need a car for? <laughs> I don't, he doesn't really strike me as the guy who really worries about his secret identity that much. No. But then here comes the, here comes the guy out of there with his whole gas mask on, pointing his gas gun at um Corrigan asking for the gas money. I guess it's not gas money. <laughs> you got the money. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Get in. That. You're going along. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So he goes, and any cops try to follow us, and you'll be good for all you'll be good for is hamburger. Understand? <laughs> he goes, Yep, I understand. And uh, good mm-hmm. old Earl Earl Crawford was uh tailing Corrigan and uh, he sees him get into the chopper and fly off with these uh, goons here. So he's like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I'm going to, uh, you know, jump in my car and uh, follow the chopper. And about a half an hour later, this is it. And uh, they go to the observatory and 
Uh, I like how right away this goon is just like, it's been real pleasant knowing you, fella, but I'm afraid this is where we say goodbye. You see, the boss is a little wacko, but he ain't so wacko as to let guys live when they've seen the location of our hideout. And he blasts Corrigan with a gas gun here, but uh, I like the, the results of that. Mm-hmm. Mm, so that did not That did not turn out well for <laughs> Mr. Gas Man. <laughs> no. <laughs> because the Spectre... This is where the greenness of the gas actually works in the artistic favor because then the Spectre turns into his form, which always looks like a green ghostly uh, amorphous figure anyway. So it's like, it just kind of like melds out of it. And like, what could that guy have been thinking when he saw this? It's like, did I do this to him? <laughs> mm-hmm. Did the gas do this to this to him? That's new. Or did he just like freak out or just like complete cognitive disconnect? Like, I don't know what I'm seeing here, but then he just screams and put his hands up and then like green auras over him as he's going against the wall. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, again. Yep. <laughs> That's like the third or fourth one in this one. And we don't really see what happens to him right away, but we do in a little bit and uh, we'll, we'll get mm-hmm. back to that. But uh, meanwhile, inside the observatory and a uh, 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 field marshal awful is saying soon we will have the money and the first campaign of our great world revolution will be crowned in triumph. And they have a T-square and a, a, a lamp and a bunch of papers on the table here. And he goes, with $1 billion, we can. And one of the goons says, but boss, I mean, field marshal, awful. What in blazes is that? And another one says, gasp. And the, the specter's coming I, I don't through think the actually, wall. I don't think he actually says the word gasp, though, Billy. I think he, I think he actually <laughs> gasps. Mm. So <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Also, note next to the T-square, there's an old-style protractor. Mm-hmm. Yep. The, the kind yeah, of one the kind, that... yeah it ahead. has like the little spinny thing on top, and you would, you know, has the points at each end. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's sitting there, too. Yep. Very well, it, interesting. The the goons just open fire and start trying to shoot the Spectre. Of course, the bullets go right through him, and uh, Awful says, he is an enemy spy. Execute him swiftly. And the goons, we're trying, but he don't execute so easy. <laughs> the slugs are going <laughs> right through him. And, oh, oh, my God, look. And what does the Spectre do to these poor saps? Well, if you remember that uh, protractor we were just now talking about, the Spectre makes it enlarge to gigantic size and float through the air with one point aimed at each of these two goons. <laughs> it, it's not possible. <laughs> in the spectral netherworld where I must dwell, all things are possible. And there's a stabby motion and yeah, sound effect. Um, and each of the points is off panel. Oh. And you just see an arm of each of the goons reaching in. And the background is like red with movement lines at the top. And then, you know, flares of yellow right in near the goons arms which is like yeah they got stabbed by protractors mm-hmm. they got protracted <laughs> <laughs> and and a paro too like where he drew their hands he's got like little motion lines like that they're quivering from being mm-hmm. stabbed it's it's awesome yes it's very much that great theme of when we talk about how many times has the specter turned himself into scissors to cut somebody in half 
mm-hmm. this is a variation on that and yee, it's pretty bad <laughs> yeah that's nasty and, uh, and effective at that very moment and that uh field marshal awful he might be off his nut but he's not stupid so when he saw this he <laughs> he went running out of there and he says even a great military genius such as i must recognize the necessity for an occasional retreat and he's only steps away from the edge of a dock and jumps into a boat and he says just as napoleon retired from russia so must i what and the specter just you know with the snap of the fingers was able to you know beat him to the other side of the boat and now comes up out of the water in this green misty form doesn't he absolutely i mean well also for awful it's no surprise at all that oh yeah he just left the guys to die oh yeah mm-hmm. absolutely he didn't he's not not a problem he's the leader so mm-hmm. you know he has to you know protect himself otherwise who who else would lead but you know the guys who are doing the work like nah, it's fine they're, they're mm-hmm. it's fine you know that's what they're there for they're, they're red they shirts really, yeah yeah <laughs> exactly but you know not that i feel bad for those guys because no. those gas men killed 50 to 60 people mm-hmm. so for no reason there's <laughs> there's no sympathy for any of the people that are getting what the they're due here Mm-hmm. No, they they all deserve it. And uh, then the specter kind of says, uh, "Some men will always choose the path of evil." And uh, uh, we see he comes towards awful and says, "But beyond the shadows of their black souls burns the white hot flame of unearthly vengeance." And awful says, "Stop! I am field marshal, an officer, and therefore a prisoner of war." And uh, and that vengeance is final, he says to uh, mm-hmm. awful and awful says you must treat me according to the rules of the G- geneva con ah and oh my gosh this insane squid what about this? <laughs> what about this scene here this is great oh this squid we he's finally appeared squidward is in the house we <laughs> see both of his eyes in this panel and they're just like dead eyes staring straight ahead as he lifts up awful high into the air in one of his tentacles uh, it's pretty gruesome. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he's brought down and we see that squid mouth. And it's like, Oh, that's oh. one of the things that terrifies me about creatures like this mm-hmm. is that, yeah, they just, they're just eating machines. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. And getting eaten alive. Oh, that's horrifying. <laughs> oh, so it's like, potentially one of the worst ways to go (laughs) just Mm -hmm. knowing what's happening what's happening to you there Uh it's it's nasty and as as this is going on we you know from one panel to the next to the next we had corrigan or i'm sorry not corrigan uh, the specter here narrating this and he did say Mm -hmm. you know all that vengeance is final and then he says awful inescapable and that's where (laughs) you know he's getting ready to get chucked in there we get another yeah and we see him actually going yeah. in the creature's mouth. It's nasty. Yeah, yeah. There's only like his legs poking out. And that's even <laughs> almost worse that we see his legs like kicking out from under where, where you know where the rest of him is gone between that uh, beak. It's like, <laughs> well, a little little tidbit is that I believe the specter is thinking all of his dialogue on this section with awful. He's actually mm-hmm. thinking it to himself. He's not saying it aloud. Yeah, thought so, bubbles. Yeah, awful is not hearing any of this, and which is almost more chilling is that that means that that uh, this bad guy is seeing the specter appear 
and these things happening and he's not even being given any clue what's going through the specter's head mm-hmm. he doesn't know what the specter is thinking he's you know shining these things like vainly hoping that it actually is going to help him like a, yeah. a, you know since he's not getting any feedback it's like wow he must be thinking about it it's like but no he's just calling in a little friend or not so little friend as the case may be (laughs) yeah well earl crawford he's finally caught up to the action here so he sees oh look i'm at the beach here and there's where the chopper landed so he's like that scream and he goes running up there and he he, we finally see what happened to that first uh gas man right yes yes he's been petrified and kind of merged into the stone cliff side and yeah that's that's a that's a specter move mm-hmm. what did you think about that oh yeah it's nasty looking because his arm is up and his hand is out like he's you know being attacked by something and it's pretty chilling and then uh, earl crawford thinks to himself why is it's that terrorist i saw the one who picked up corrigan in the helicopter Either that's a statue of him or that mysterious spectral force I once encountered has turned him into stone. But that doesn't matter now. Right now, I've got to find Corrigan. He goes uh, running up uh, onto the dock where we just saw, you know, that giant squid eat the guy. And there's Corrigan there just kind of hanging out. He's, you know, getting ready to fire up a heater here. It's great. (laughs) Corrigan in his overcoat and his suit and tie and everything just hanging out watching the squid take awful down under sea so with all that going on it's like do we even get any evidence or any <laughs> any closure about for sure that these are the guys who did it i mean well but i think we do because there's plenty of evidence in the observatory the gas masks the gas itself and a couple of dead bodies that's great you know got some dead bodies perfect exactly mm-hmm. How does Corrigan not have to explain this sort of what happened to these guys? <laughs> yeah, that's what. Yeah, I'm always thinking to myself, what does he say to his like, you know, uh, his boss at work? Because he's a lieutenant, he's not the captain or the sergeant or anything. So I'm thinking, mm-hmm. what does he? What does he say happened? I showed up and you know there was a giant protractor through two guys. One got turned to stone, and another one was eaten by a giant squid. Like, <laughs> can't they imagine tripped. filling out that that police report. They tripped. That's what it is. In fact, there's probably a whole form devoted to the suspects tripped Mm -hmm. (laughs) and fell onto a giant protractor (laughs) Mm -hmm. i don't have any idea but it's like uh, it's a different time it's a different time now here's the thought i had about earl crawford and uh, i apologize since i have not actually had a chance to read the previous issue yet Mm -hmm. um do you think he comes across like Clark Kent acts like he is like, you know, so there's the Clark Kent act mm-hmm. where he, you know, is mild mannered reporter. Yeah. Some takes have him being a little bit bumbly or, or like the movie version. Yeah. Yeah. But even like the seventies version in the comics, he was, you know, kind of like the butt of jokes from having to suffer from Steve Lombard and stuff like that. Yeah. So not a cool guy. That's for sure. No, no. Do you think Earl is actually like, is really what Clark Kent tries to look like? I, yeah, I think so. I mean, he, 
it's not that he doesn't he he's like a, a bumbling idiot or anything like that but he does seem like he's always you know uh, one step behind everything but he mm-hmm. does come right up to corrigan and say hey are you all right and corrigan goes crawford what the blaze are you doing here and crawford says my my nose for news i guess i followed you what happened and Corrigan says, you'll get the story when the other reporters get it, Crawford, not before. And they go mm-hmm. walking away together. And uh, Crawford says, Lieutenant, did did you by any chance see some sort of strange force around you or around while you were? And he goes, nope. <laughs> That's the end. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I do love that simple. Just nope. Not even going to entertain the question. That's mm-hmm. hilarious. <laughs> now, I have a couple other I have a couple things, a couple questions. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's really a weird stretch for Earl to be calling it a spectral force, knowing that this character is the specter. Was that phrase planted in his head at all in the previous issue? Or is this something that we're supposed to just understand that he's gleaned on his own? Yeah, I don't recall him... You know, the specter saying, I am the specter and him being like, oh, the guy's name's the specter. So he's just kind of doing that on his own, I think. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the other thing I was going to say. Could we have read this story in that if we left out the part of Lieutenant Corrigan transforming into the specter, could someone who hasn't seen hasn't been privy to all the pages on this thing. Could they think that Earl is the specter? Because all the guys are dead. Lieutenant Corrigan is there on the dock and Earl just comes running up afterwards. Oh my gosh, what happened? I just got here. Oh, I must have just missed that big specter that came, that was through here before. (laughs) Yeah, like playing dumb. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, the the whole the whole thing is like if Earl was the specter, this story could have played out the same way. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you said, if you didn't see you know, that part with the the gas man and the gas gun mm-hmm. and that very first guy that the specter ended up killing, yeah. If that scene wasn't there, oh, you absolutely could think that. Yeah. So it's almost like we could be playing with the is Earl going to get into trouble because. Somebody else puts together, you must be the specter because you always turn up wherever he's been. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're never around at the same time. <laughs> he could be Batman, too. Exactly. <laughs> but Batman's not in this story. The specter no, he's, is. He's not in this universe, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, 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 well, we, we, I don't think we have evidence one way or the other, do we? No, no, no. Not necessarily. No. Yeah, like I said, other than that Clark Kent mention in this previous issue, 435, there's never mm-hmm. a mention of superheroes, Superman, Wonder Woman, nothing, nada. Mm-hmm. So that's what always makes me think, like, I think it's in, it's, it's in its own little pocket universe, I guess. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Well, the Spectre certainly has enough power and vengeance to deal out that he could be in whatever universe he feels like. Mm-hmm. Ooh, oh, absolutely. This, this could be Earth Prime. Ooh, ooh, that's funny. That Mm -hmm. would be funny if this was actually like a a stealth Earth Prime story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you can you can literally get this, you know, you can get the original issue or um, it was in uh, they did that reprint series where it was like, you know, oversized uh, comics 
where mm-hmm. they, I think there was like four or five of those issues. I only bought the very last one because the very last one had material in it that didn't make it into adventure comics. I don't know why. I don't remember what happened there, but there was still like a couple of mm-hmm. stories that Fleischer wrote uh, that I don't even think they were drawn until many years later, but they put those in the back of that last issue of that. And then, you know, there's been a trade paperback okay. and an omnibus. So there's all sorts of ways to get uh, get that story. And uh, again, quite frankly, all the uh, awesome Spectre stories here we're talking about. But uh, yeah, so overall, pretty good story. A lot of fun, you know, kind of it's 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 what the Spectre does in these uh, uh, stories and adventure comics. But uh, it's it's fun to see what they cook up from uh, one to the next. Right. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, this is definitely great fun. It's very Twilight Zone, um, very Outer Limits, um, and just very DC horror and uh, poetic justice being dealt out sort of event. And uh, I, but yeah, this this stealth Clark Kent inclusion <laughs> is, is just a riot. I, I, I really dig that. So, yeah, thanks for bringing me in on this one. This was fun. Yeah, fantastic. And of course, apparel was just amazing throughout this whole story. Just so, mm-hmm. so, so good. Can't praise him enough. And again, his, uh, you know, Spectre, his Phantom Stranger, his, you know, Brave and the Bold Batman stuff. It's just that's why he's my mm-hmm. favorite artist. That stuff really that moody stuff or, you know, even if it's just, you know, Brave and the Bold and it's him and Haney doing something absolutely bonkers. I just love his work. He's just you know, he's my favorite DC artist. Yes, absolutely. Uh, my my love is also pretty apparent, so I let it i let it uh shine but you know also he does great attention to detail on backgrounds where he wants them and puts things in to make some interesting scenes like even the helicopter coming in there's like stairs that we can see in the cliffside mm-hmm. so that's a nice touch but yeah oh there's just so much so much good things to see every page is just worth looking over and just taking your time to enjoy it and soak it in Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And there was a, a crazy <laughs> uh, Aquaman backup here called The King is Dead. Long live the king. And uh, it, was, it was a pretty it was a pretty wild story. It was basically just like, you know, Aquaman versus a sea monster. And then uh, he also had, uh, you know, a synthetic or robotic kind of version of himself made for his lesser duties as well. What did you think of this crazy backup? It is just wild. It also makes you go. Well, Superman has robots. Why doesn't Aquaman have robots? But because mm-hmm. he's Aquaman, he that's <laughs> and the robots are kind of hinky as it is for Superman when he does it. Uh, <laughs> so, so you can't go wrong when the the statement about having an Aquaman robot. I think it's said really much on the first page because Aquaman comes in and just knocks its head off before we even know that it's a robot. Yeah. Uh, so like, yeah, no robots for Aquaman. Message received. Uh, it's it's. Uh, it's a fine little story. I don't know if I really dig it that much. It's okay. Uh, I do feel it's weird that Aqualad has strange straight brown hair instead of his curly hair in this one. Curly. I don't think that looks, it just doesn't look right. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I dig that. Um, And then there's the whole thing about, hey, Aquaman tries to control the sea monster because it worked the last time he fought it, but he can't. And because it's actually not the the sea monster, it's a robot of a monster, so he can't control it. But he still senses something coming from Atlantis that's sending signals to it. But wouldn't that be telepathy then that's <laughs> sending the signals? So shouldn't he be able to do signals himself? To I don't I whatever, it's comics. Okay, fine, fine. 
it's just it's just very just a, a bizarre little story and um and really just an excuse for aquaman to be shown punching himself in the head and knocking a robotic head off and uh and then fighting a <laughs> then fighting another robot and then fighting a robot monster and then a yeah, cameo that, of the black manta get a cameo of the black manta that's the other big part of the story apparently yeah which was really weird it was like at no point did this appear to be anything other than this, you know, rogue uh, guy here. Uh, I can't even remember that guy's name. Uh, Weissbog, which is a really freaking that's bizarre a mouthful. name. Yeah, but, that's a uh, mouthful and a half. Yeah, the last two panels just show that it was Black Manta was behind all this, and he was in league with this Weissbog guy to try to, you know, overthrow mm-hmm. Atlantis and, you know, get... Uh, Aquaman out of the way, but yeah, really bizarre how he was just in those last two panels, and then he does like his best Doctor Doom here and says about like someday mm. somehow I swear I'll defeat Aquaman. It's yeah, like okay, okay, definitely. dude. <laughs> you got one oh. thing in your life, okay? All right, you, you you should branch out a little bit. Maybe get a hobby. Just get yourself a hobby. Mm. It'd, be, it'd be it'd be good. You know, maybe building little ships that might be good for you. Uh, take those take the blinders off (laughs) yeah yeah and then the the monster robot is called a bugala (laughs) yeah not really the most fear inspiring name but Mm, yeah i've heard worse i've heard worse but (laughs) bugala and this was a a returning monster as well it was in like three or four other issues it says here too on grand comics database it says that uh, the Bugala previously appeared in Aquaman, uh, the 1962 series numbers 44 through 48. So it was like a saga. Wow. <laughs> That's bizarre. Wow. <laughs> and this was, so oh, somebody was mention. really, yeah, someone was really hearkening back to their, their youth. And I, not that I can gain say that, that is perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. If this, if that was a beloved story from your childhood, more power to you. That's fine. I'm just going to continue to call it Bugala because it is buggy. Mm. <laughs> and I forgot to mention, too, this was uh, scripted by uh, Steve Skates. Skates, not sure how you pronounce ah. his last name. Um, and pencils mm. and inks were uh, Mike Rell. Uh, so, oh, yeah, you know, that's that's actually true. I will. We should all talk about that. It's really, it's it's an OK story, but it's like, man, there's actually really pre- pretty good creators on this one. You know, mm-hmm. I will give them props to that. It's like, you know, the artwork is really pretty good. It's just I yeah. thought I I just don't think he got aqualad's hair right i think it was no. a weird a weird model for aqualad's hair um and i and this story itself is a little bit eh, just it's just eh. maybe it would have been better if it had been given a ch- more chance to work it through instead of being such a hurry for a backup story that might have been yeah. the problem yeah and that uh, panel on page two where it's like you know zoomed in on aqualad's face and that's where you're saying about the hair being a little off that looks like very gil kane to me that panel Mm, right that's fair yeah yeah I I was like, hmm. but yeah like you said kooky one but overall great comic here and there's some really cool ads in this one too i know uh there, there's some in there too do you see any good ones you liked oh let me see what was i looking at well there's the, the full page ad on the line of dc superstars still only 20 cents where we've got things like ghosts sergeant rock the witching hour, um, the swamp thing, Jonah Hex, Commandy, the last boy on earth, OMAC, one man army, and uh, what is that? Star Spangled 
War yeah, stories, Star Spangled maybe? War Stories. Star Spangled War Stories featuring the Unknown Soldier. And I will admit that I have not really read much Unknown Soldier, but the concept of him is fascinating to me. I've mm-hmm. read like maybe just one or two stories featuring him, and I just find the whole thing just just intriguing. There's something about it that really sings to me. But also, <laughs> it's fascinating to me that in this ad, you know, there's two Kirby properties on this ad. Mm-hmm. Omac and Commandy. And they're both, you know, dystopian future stories. Like, okay. But that's wild. You know, Kirby's mm-hmm. presence is felt even in this ad. So that's pretty great. How about you? Do you have a, some ads you really liked? Yeah, there was one very similar in the back, too. And it was for the 100 pagers. And mm-hmm. it was, again, mm-hmm. a full page ad. Really cool where it shows World's Finest, Batman. Uh, Shazam, JLA, Unexpected, Superboy and the Legion, and <laughs> Young Romance. <laughs> <I was like laughs> and that's just because, I mean, we just don't have romance comics anymore. But boy, romance comics were still a big thing back mm-hmm. then. So not surprised by that, it really, uh, in hindsight. It's like, no, I wouldn't have bought them. But that's just fascinating to see it also featured alongside these specific books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, really, really great issue overall. A lot of fun. And, you know, like I said, there's a how many different ways to get these. So you can you can buy reader copies, honestly, of these for, you know, just a few bucks if you just want to actually have those. I know the trades are out of print, so sometimes they can be a little pricey. You're probably even better off just trying to get the single issues or those Wrath of the Spectre reprints from like the mid 80s, too. Mm. That's, nice. that's the best. That's the best way to get them. But. All right, well, that's uh, going to wrap us up here, my friend. But uh, so uh, why don't you uh, tell everybody here what you have going on uh, on the uh, Right On Network? Now, thank you. Yes, on the Right On Network, we have my show, The Outcasters, which is a Batman and the Outsiders podcast. Right now, we are not doing much Batman because we are in the Baxter series of The Outsiders. We just covered issue number one in August 2023, about the same time we're recording this one. And that's also featuring Jim Apparel artwork. Fantastic thing. Um, and just as a fun thing, I've also posted this on like plenty of social medias already that in that first issue, the first page like folds out three times to make a triple page spread of artwork. It's mm. something amazing. So check me out because you can find me on the social medias on Tim Price 17. That's on Twitter and Blue Sky and threads and uh, i guess other things um and also that show can be found on twitter at bat outcasters and i'm also on the batgirl cassandra kane podcast where we talk about cassandra kane and both when she was batgirl when she wasn't but right now we got plenty of good batgirl stuff action happening there we just ripped finished off the series batgirls and we are now diving back into the past of Batman and Robin Eternal, which does have quite a bit of Cassandra Kane in it. So that's exciting stuff going on over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, like if you go to, uh, you know, any, you know, uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever, and just put in right on network, which is a W-R-I-G-H-T or the Outcasters, you know, you'll you'll find Tim. <laughs> you know what? It's a good thing that you're here to clarify those things. I mean, mm-hmm. I should I should be saying those things for myself. But instead, you're doing it for me. You are a prince. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You are very welcome, sir. <laughs> but, <laughs> and of course, I'll have all this stuff in the show notes as well. And sometimes I feel like those are a huge waste of time because I don't think anybody ever reads them. But for those couple of people that do, uh, you know, you'll see that stuff. <laughs> They're a super important thing when you have to go back and figure out something later. It's like, uh, let me go double check it. Mm-hmm. It's always good to have. It's always good to cite your sources. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. Cite your sources. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so all right well you know once again thanks tim for being on i really appreciate this man hopefully uh you know we'll uh find another uh jim apparel work we can talk about down the road since uh, we're both such huge fans that would be awesome cool so all right well we're gonna get out of here and then uh, after a quick little break i will be back to wrap things up everybody that wraps up this episode once again i want to thank tim for being on the show love having tim on you know he's uh, got his own stuff going on with the right on network there the outcasters and popping around here and there doing guest spots and stuff like that so um you know can't get him on as often as i'd like but you know hey every once in a while i can uh, get him on here and i'll continue to do so because i love having tim on he's a great guy so definitely give him a follow and check out uh, the outcasters as well really good stuff there all right everybody thanks for listening Thank you.